today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Hamilton Health Sciences will be hosting a Facebook Live event. This is a great idea, and it is tonight to answer parents' questions when it comes to marijuana and their kids. Are we ready for cannabis legalization? To talk more about all of this, Dr. Christina Grant is with us, uh, pediatrician at Hamilton Health Sciences, specializing in adolescent health, and is with us now. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, doctor. We appreciate this. Happy to be here. So, uh, obviously, lots of chatter as we come into this week in the legalization of, of cannabis. Uh, we've been talking about all kinds of things, whether it's distribution, this, that, or the other. It doesn't seem that we're talking a lot about health. Uh, from what I hear, it's because we don't know that much about this yet. What are we missing? What should people be aware of as we head into legalization? Great question, and I think I think you're right. I don't think uh, we're talking enough about health. I think that... Um, Parents and families need to know about what the risks are um, with cannabis legalization happening. Um, And when I say what the risks are, I think about kind of two groups of young people. One, the the toddler, the really young kids, and the risks for accidental overdose. And we know from Colorado, for example, in the States, that there was a dramatic increase in the numbers of toddlers actually having to um, be taken to hospital because they had by accident eaten um, a cannabis-infused edible um, when either parents weren't looking or uh, they found it somewhere. So that's a big concern um, because, of course, um, a rise in those kids harm to them and then about a third of them needing to stay in the hospital and actually some of them having pretty significant side effects in terms of not being able to breathe on their own and needing assistance. So that's one group. And then the other group, of course, is the teenagers. Cannabis isn't new. It's not going to be legalized in Ontario for young people under the age of uh, 19. However, um, with increased use and availability, Um, You know, people worry about the prevalence of use going up in teens. We know from the states that there wasn't a dramatic increase in teenagers using cannabis, kind of before comparing before legalization to after. However, we know that, again, this group, these teenagers, a sharp rise in needing to be seen in the emergency rooms. Uh, for uh, cannabis-related issues, whether that's overdose um, or side effects, for example, acute anxiety, um, psychosis. So there's lots of risks and lots of harms, of course. I always, we've always heard that cannabis is not, uh, you can't overdose from it. So what, obviously with, with, you know, young toddlers and stuff eating uh, edibles that aren't supposed to be eaten by, by kids of that age, you can certainly understand that. But what, what happens? What, how, how do you OD on something like this? Yeah, so the, the big culprit for OD, for ODing, is usually the edibles, Scott, because what happens is um, the teenagers, um, especially if they've never uh, taken cannabis in an edible form before, they eat whatever, candy or or a brownie or a cookie, and they're kind of sitting there waiting to feel something. 
And of course, when you ingest it in a food, it's going to take a lot longer than if you inhale it either by vaping or smoking. So it, it can take up to an hour to take effect. So what happens is they just have more and more and more thinking, well... So they're saying, they're saying to themselves, I'm not feeling this, I'm eating more. And then the next thing you know, yeah. boom. Right. So that's that's usually the biggest culprit for um, the overdose in that in the teenage group. And what happens to them when that when they OD on this stuff? Well, so um, they may they're going to obviously feel quite out of it to the point where they may feel pretty sick, pretty nausea, have nausea, vomiting. They may have extreme anxiety, so really bad panic attacks. Um, you can even uh, have uh, changes in your blood pressure, and you can even have a seizure um, if you, depending on how much you've eaten or taken. Uh, we keep hearing rumors that, uh, or, or anecdotally evidence that it's not as bad as smoking. It's not as bad as alcohol. Is that? Are, are we naive to to think that? Is that accurate? It's really tricky when we compare substance, one substance versus another. If you look at like total cost to society in terms of harm, there's no question that smoking and alcohol are, you know, are the worst, so to speak. Having said that, though, um, there are harms associated with cannabis. Um, and so, you know, the tr- you know, it's it's difficult to, to measure it that way. But overall, in terms of smoking and lung cancer and alcohol and, you know, the, the, the number of people that are dependent on it, those um, do tend to be worse overall. I think the unique challenges with cannabis, especially for young people, is the fact that it affects the developing brain. And that's something that we're going to be talking tonight about and hopefully people have questions about is that there's, there's actually unique effects on the developing brain, um, unlike alcohol, um, that are cumulative. All right, let's, um, we should get the logistics out at the beginning and then at the end of this. So uh, tell, us, tell everybody what you're doing tonight, and then we'll talk more about the topic, and then we'll uh, reaffirm all of this uh, before we sign off at, at uh, the bottom of the hour. So uh, tell everybody what you're doing tonight. Sure. So we're doing a, a live Facebook chat. Um, and it's for basically for anybody who has questions around young people and recreational cannabis. So we're going to be taking questions. We're, we're pri- primarily targeting um, parents and people that work with young people um, with questions around cannabis and use. Youth. What are parents asking? Uh, they want to know how to talk to their teens about it. Right. Because everybody's talking about it. But how do you actually have conversations with your kids? It's not going to be one conversation, but how do you talk about this? And and um, knowing that there are risks, how do you uh, communicate those risks to your teenagers in a way that's authentic and not coming across as judgmental? Right. Because they're not going to listen if it's a lecture style um, and how do you give that lecture style uh, lecture when it's becoming legal? How do you how do you balance that? Well, mom and dad, if it's so bad for you, why are they legalizing it? Well, number one, it's not legalized for those under nineteen, right? So that's a big good point. Yep, yep. The, the brain is still developing up until twenty five. So you want to encourage your young people if they haven't experimented with it or tried 
to avoid using it till they're 25 or later, like try to delay it as long as possible. I think for other young, other young people who've experimented with it, they do need to know the risks, but you really want to come at it as a parent in an authentic way. Cause, so part of that means reflecting on your own life and um, the role that substances may or may not play. Because again, kids pick up on your behavior more than what you say, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just having an honest conversation about, yeah, what the risks are um, and what the differences are with cannabis versus the others um, and wanting to make sure that they know they can come to you with questions they have. The other piece is driving, right, which mm. is a big deal, and there's not a lot of conversation about that. Drinking and driving is prob- is, is we know as a society, and the message is out, that it's really dangerous. But uh, driving high is also pretty dangerous. It might not be quite as bad as driving and drinking in terms of the actual risk, but you're much more likely to get into a car accident or and a car accident that kills, obviously, um, with a substance like cannabis. And I don't think youth and teenagers really have that message yet. You talked about the young brain, and, and obviously it's not legal unless you're 19 or over. And as you mentioned, the young brain continues to develop uh, into the early 20s. You talked about risks. Talk about what this does to a young brain. So there's, there's cannabis receptors in the brain, and we know that the area where they're most concentrated are the area called the prefrontal cortex, which is the seat, what we call in medicine the seat of reason, or the area that, you know, is is responsible for being organized, for planning, for thinking about consequences. That's the last area in the brain to develop in young adults. And that's also the area where cannabis and the effects of cannabis seems to be most focused, which is a big, a big deal. Basically what happens is that it affects that area, and so you've got problems with memory, with um, being able to um, control your um, impulses and um, reasoning. And we know that over time, um, it, the heavier the use and the starting, starting the younger, in the younger age group, the worse um, changes are there and the worse kind of effects are, 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 in, are in those young people. It's almost like their brains have to work harder to overcome the challenges because of the excessive cannabis use. I'm not talking about experimental. I'm talking about um, multiple times a week or daily or multiple times a day. Right. Uh, what We hear so much that there hasn't really been any sort of study done on this. Uh, now that it is legal, I'm guessing we'll obviously see more of that. What do you think? What do you think is going to be? What do you think we're going to be talking about ten years from now if we were to have this interview? It's a great question. I think we're going to be talking about the. We're gonna we're we're going to be talking about the significant risks if there's an accidental overdose. Um, we're going to know a lot more. Like there's the science is kind of split with respect to whether there's actually long term changes in IQ. Um, if you if you start younger and use regularly or heavily, so some studies indicate there is a drop in IQ, others not. I think we're going to know a lot more about the actual risk and how it works in terms of 
increasing a young person's risk for psychosis, which is also a big concern. I've got an interesting email question here. Any advice on how we deal with the possibility of spiked apples, candy, et cetera, that kids might obtain door-to-door at Halloween? I guess that's always been an issue. Yeah. I mean, I think if there's any... I mean, I think basically as a parent, you've got to be pretty careful about what your kids are consuming and you want to go through with what they've gotten, go through with them. And if there's any concern that something could be tampered or whatever, you really want to throw it out and get rid of it. You don't want to take the risk. As we move forward with this, what advice do you have for parents? Because again, what you're talking about with this Facebook chat is more from a parental uh, uh, concern and, and, and more for those, I'm guessing, that are under 19. So what do you say to them? I think one of the most important things is that it's not a one-time conversation with your kids. It's really small bits of information based on what stage they're at. And probably more important than anything is uh, wanting to have, wanting to develop that open and honest communication where your child can come to you with questions they have and know that you'll listen first um, and try to figure out what's behind it you know have they are they thinking of trying it but haven't and just have questions about it have they tried it a few times and uh in a way want you to know or something you know upsetting happened i think sometimes we forget even though we know as adults that often um we use um substances to make ourselves feel better because something else is going on or Mm -hmm. we need to relax So it's having that relationship with your child that you kind of know what's going on in their life. Um, What are their stresses? What things are worrying them? Because, you know, sometimes, you know, there's going to be young people that experiment with cannabis um, and use it a couple times and it has no significant impact on their life. Mm -hmm. The The challenge is one in six teenagers who try cannabis go on to develop problematic use or a dependency because there because there's other outlying issues that perhaps are self-medicating to escape from it really it really comes back to uh fostering relationship with your child that they can come to you when they have issues that you're in touch with what's going on in their life um and that you're having conversations about coping and stress as well and that you're role modeling right Mm. Uh, details once again if people want to get involved in this Facebook chat tonight give us all the logistics yeah it's the Hamilton Health Sciences Facebook page it's live uh, starting at 7 o'clock and we'll be answering um, your questions and the focus is on uh, teenagers and recreational cannabis and we hope that parents and people working with young people will call in with their questions Great idea. Dr. Christina Grant has been with us, pediatrician at Hamilton Health Sciences, their Facebook page tonight, 7 o'clock, and you can get in on this conversation. Uh, Dr. Christina Grant, of course, specializing in adolescent health and, of course, the concerns in and around recreational cannabis. Christina, thanks so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Good luck with this tonight. Thank you very much, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.